Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Adam Shine Podcast. Ah, yes. Episode 45 of the Adam Shine Podcast. And wow, we can't wait for Super Bowl Sunday. We have had just an insane week of guests, as we always do, leading up to the Super Bowl. Insane week of guests on Shine On Sports, on Mad Dog Sports Radio. So we do it every year on the podcast. We kind of give you a potpourri of some of the best. And, you know, this was one of those years where it was tough in terms of narrowing it down. I mean, Emmett Smith is not making the cut. And Kurt Warner's not making the cut. And Ed Reed's not making the cut. And Jack Youngblood's not making the cut. And Matt Ryan's not making the cut. It's been that kind of off-the-charts week. And here's what we're going to give you on the podcast today, a a best of in terms of some of the news-making, off-the-charts, laugh-out-loud, entertaining interviews we've done this week. Tua Tungavailoa was just amazing. Sean Payton, outstanding. And Stefan Diggs. So this is going to be excellent. You're going to hear from Tua Tungavailoa, Sean Payton, Stefan Diggs, who are all with us on Mad Dog Sports Radio on Shine on Sports. And the guy who produces our podcast and produces Shine on Sports and booked all these guests this week. It's just been an amazing week as we are taping now the podcast at about 2 o'clock on Thursday before the Super Bowl, the great Bob Stew is with us. And, Bob, first and foremost, I told you before we started, I just have to go downstairs and shut my eyes for 20 minutes. <laughs> I mean, we've been going nonstop. This has been awesome. This is what we, we live for. And, man, what a fun week this week on, on Shine On Sports. Yeah, I always love this week specifically, especially Radio Row, the amazing guests we always have. But I feel the same as you, Adam. Like It just feels like you've ran a marathon after every single show. It feels like you've done six shows in one. It's just unbelievable. You've done a great job this week. I can't wait for our listeners to hear the interviews later in the podcast. Everything was just so well done. The questions were exceptional from you. And the guest spots we have were just unbelievable this week. So much fun. It was a blast. And and you and, and Mikey Fitz did such an excellent job. And listen, it's Thursday. You know, if you're listening to this on Thursday, we still got one more day to go, baby, in terms of an amazing Radio Row show virtually, of course, this year. And those interviews that we're going to play for you, Tua Tungavailoa, Sean Payton, Stefan Diggs, were our favorites. And listen, on the podcast, we always make our picks. Bob, 130, 131 and 7 on the season. I went 134, 126 and 7. So bad news, Bob Stu. I, I beat you on the campaign. What do we play in the Super Bowl at? Is it, is it three, three and a half? We'll say it's funny you just mentioned that. I'm actually still a little bit salty, by the way, because I won the regular season. I got my Boo. ass kicked in the playoffs. I've won two playoff games, Adam. How the hell is that possible? But I even said it a while ago. I said I was very nervous because you were excellent in the playoffs. Man, you just cleaned up again. Well, you want to know what we're playing this one at? It's the Chiefs, Adam. They are favored by three points, technically on the road, playing the Bucks in the Super Bowl. All right, I'm going to take the Chiefs. I'm going to go 35 to 27 as my final score. I think this is going to be an epic game. You know, we talked about all the matchups all week long. I am concerned about not having Eric Fisher. I I think that is a huge deal. And that defensive line, the defensive front seven for Todd Bowles and the Buccaneers is incredible. But come on, why am I going to apply logic here? When it comes to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, listen, this is the best start in the history of the NFL at the quarterback position, and I think it's Patrick Mahomes' time to shine. Kelsey, gigantic game. Tyree killed, gigantic game. We said in the offseason, signed Chris Jones to win another Super Bowl. They did just that. 
you know, Steve Spagnuolo has peppered Tom Brady with pressure before in, in the Super Bowl, you know, denying him and the Patriots that undefeated season. I think this is going to be an absolute classic. And, Bob, I'm taking the Chiefs to win and cover. I'm just really worried about this Chiefs offensive line, Adam. I mean, Eric Fisher being injured, that's a massive deal to me. Remember, the Bucks offensive line crushed Aaron Rodgers in the NFC Championship game. We got we heard a lot of blame from listeners and tweeters. They all blamed Aaron Rodgers. If you actually watch the game, the Packers offensive line let him down. The Bucs have an excellent pass rush. If you can envision Tampa winning, it's going to be that defensive line coming to play, frustrating Pat Mahomes, Shaq Barrett, JPP, and Dominican Sue. If the Bucs win, that's going to be the reason. And remember, you saw that last year from the Niners in the Super Bowl before Mahomes exploded in the fourth quarter. That's the blueprint. It's keeping Mahomes contained. It's getting to him. It's creating pressure. But that's what it really comes down to, right? I mean, Patrick Mahomes has never played a bad game. I mean, the Bucs were so mediocre in my mind this playoff run. They've almost lost all three games in the playoffs. Most of the time, it was the other team shooting themselves in the foot for Tampa to get back in the game. Adam, the Chiefs are not going to shoot themselves in the feet. I mean, Mahomes is too good. They've got too many weapons. I am also going to roll with Kansas City getting the three points. I like the score, though, at 31-27 Kansas City. All right, so we're basically on the same page. And and by the way, we always mention what we're doing for fantasy and DraftKings and our daily fantasy league. By the way, you know, I fired Stone, my guy, you know, childhood best friend since kindergarten, fired him after the week one, the wild card round debacle. And by the way, I finished in the money, in the money. The last two weeks, I have won cash, Bob Stu. Last two weeks, right after I fired Mr. Stone. (laughs) So we're doing it this week, and it's one where, have you done this, the single game with the captain, the captain's pick? Yeah, it's a little bit different. I don't usually mess with the captain mode too much, Adam. That's not really my forte. I just like the traditional DraftKings. But yeah, the captain, it is interesting, that's for sure. So I'm going with Mike Evans as my captain. Oh, I like that. Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, Tyree Kill. I'm rolling with Johnson because he's only 1,200. Just give me two catches for the Buccaneers because I was able to fit in Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Wow, I love that lineup. See, that's the key when you're filling out your lineup this week, Adam. You're looking for the sleeper. But you got to stay away from the injured players. Like, don't you dare throw a guy like Le'Veon Bell in there. Don't you dare no, throw Antonio no. Brown in your lineup this week. See, Tyler Johnson is a brilliant play because Antonio Brown, you just don't know how many snaps he's going to play, Adam. Tyler Johnson, you could see him being a major factor. A guy like Scotty Miller would be interesting to consider. Brady loves hitting Scotty Miller for the long ball. You saw that in the NFC Championship game. But that's the key. Avoid these injured players. Avoid question marks. Go with the sure thing. If you're looking for a sleeper, I agree with you, Adam. I think Tyler Johnson, that's a great way to go this week. All right, so there you have it. The start of the Adam Shine podcast for the Super Bowl. You are going to hear from Tua Tagovailoa, Sean Payton, and Stephon Diggs as we move along. Enjoy. Hey, everyone. This is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host, Kirk Morrison. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Well, this is an absolute treat for me. One of my favorite players in the National Football League, he joins us every single year on Shine On Sports. And listen, we loved him in Minnesota. We were jumping through tables when he got traded to the Buffalo Bills. Had an unbelievable season. My guy, the great Stephon Diggs, is nice enough to give us a few minutes here on Shine On Sports. Stephon, Adam Shine, it's good to see you again. Likewise, it seems like it's like a tradition now. We just got to keep it going every day. Every year I see you, we have a great talk, a good, a lot of football talk, so I look forward to this one. As do I, Stefan, every year. And you join us today on behalf of the lasting cologne quality scent of new Old Spice Dynasty. It's available at Target, helping give guys the confidence to smell ready for anything. And you can check out Dynasty 
and the new campaign on Old Spice's YouTube channel. Safan, tell us more about what you're doing with our good friends over at Old Spice. Uh, everybody who knows me knows I'm pretty big on hygiene. You know, I know this past year on all men in specific has been pretty tough. Sometimes they even get off the couch or put on deodorant. So just working with Old Spice a little bit to uh, talk about that and, and you know, uh, making sure men stay on top of their game. And if you have the deodorant or get your hands on it, it smells pretty good. Hopefully you can get a whiff of it or get get some type of uh, get some type of treatment. But it's actually pretty good stuff. It smells great. And uh, I like to wear it. So if I wear it, it's pretty good stuff. Listen, if Stefan Diggs is wearing it, that's that's the endorsement I need and everyone else should need. And listen, I always love having you on, but, you know, the Buffalo Bills, I love watching them play. And, you know, I've talked to Josh throughout the course of the season, so I kind of want to get it from your perspective. And I'm being serious when I ask him and now when I ask you, seriously, in the middle of a pandemic with COVID, with no offseason, how the hell did you guys develop this unbelievable chemistry? Yeah, it's, it's just a that's a crazy question because I haven't seen anything happen like that. I haven't experienced anything like this in my life. I would more so gear it to like I came in with somebody with a like minded, um, like personality, you know, charismatic, playful. And uh, it kind of we just bounced things off of each other as far as when it came to football. It was easy. You know, uh, for, of course, we had to grind like in practice. We had to learn a lot about each other. He had to learn how I ran routes or how I did X, Y, Z. But um, learning with him, and he was one of the guys that loved perfection. You know, even the coaches when I first got there, he was like this. He's going to want to do it over and over and over until we get it right. And for me, you know, everybody knows me. I'm a, I'm, I'm a pretty serious, I'm a pretty serious guy about practice. So it's like uh, it, it worked out well. Like if we don't do it right, we'll go again. You know, if something happens in practice, like I remember one practice, like uh, it was like he threw a pick, and I, you know, I always take the blame for the picks as a receiver. It's always your fault. Right. And, um, the very next play, he went right back at the cornerback and threw like a big post, like a 60-yard post. And uh, I, I caught it and I was like, I got you back. We're we going we gonna to work it out. And that kind of like slowly start building that relationship and that trust. So, yeah. I'm watching your smile on Zoom as you're describing <laughs> this. I mean, was this the most fun you've had in your career? You Now, obviously, Minneapolis Miracle. You've played in big games. You've had great moments. But for a full season, for a quarterback, a rapport, winning ways group of guys was this the most fun you've had in your career it's the most fun i had since literally since Paul wow Moore, i would say because you know i've been playing football since i was five you know i remember it being a kid's game i remember enjoying myself smiling i remember not being so serious to the point where i don't even smile um and then this year kind of like brought me back to those times and brought me back to a place where you know this is football you should you should love being out there you know I love the game I always appreciated the game but love the game as well love being out there have some fun out there don't take it too serious he's a he's a guy that's serious but he's also a jokester so it's somebody that I can that I can hang around on a daily basis and in the game he doesn't get too high doesn't get too low he's the same guy he'll crack a joke here and there so kind of keeps you light on your toes yeah, Do you feel fun. as if this season playing in Brian Dable's offense, playing with Josh, as you always have been a number one receiver? There are different levels to number one receiver, but Whoa. this year, first team all pro, top two wide receiver in the NFL. Do you think you finally got your due, your recognition as a true superstar, number one receiver? Uh, I don't know. That's a tough question. That's more of a question I would ask somebody else because. You know, it's hard for me. In my heart, I always felt this way. I always were prepared that way, at least, you know, going into games. I've been in a couple of different offenses with a couple of different coaches. So as far as uh, in the past, you know, I haven't been able to do X, Y, Z. Yeah, but this was the first year I got to uh, really be utilized to, to my strengths and, you know, got to work with some great guys. Like my even my position coach was a great guy. Chad, Chad taught me a lot throughout this season as far as like emotionally and, you know, going through the ups and downs, even though we didn't have that many ups and downs, but going into a new situation of being more so a leader in the room rather than another guy in the room. And uh, so for me, it was, it was, it's been pretty, it's been great. You know, I tell everybody that's been great. Coach Dave is definitely a guy that, you know, it was, it was a lot of rumors circling around that he was leaving. And I was like, I didn't want to say nothing to him about it because I'm like, this man, like, I don't want to be like, don't leave me. <laughs> but, John, Josh joked on the show, and we had him on right after the season ended. He goes, if anyone calls me, I'm going to say, no, no, Brian Dayball is terrible. He's not allowed to go anywhere. You love worst, this guy. The worst guy I've ever been around. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> 
he, he is a gem without question. And you guys have this unbelievable season. And as you said, you know, 13 and three, not a lot of downs, not a lot of lows. You know, I thought you guys had a great opportunity to win on Championship Sunday, to go to the Super Bowl. Take us through what happened on Championship Sunday against Kansas City and how you guys can use that as a motivating factor and fuel you for, for next season. I think for, you know, I, I've been in the AFC Championship before, or NFC Championship before, um, and just kind of looking back on it, it all, it all happened pretty fast. You know, for a lot of people, it was it was their first time out there, their first time experiencing. Um, we definitely we definitely didn't put our best body of work out there. You know, we weren't executing at a high level. We weren't doing what we needed to do um, consistently enough to score points and uh, have success. So for us dating back, if I look back, we had to do it all over again. Just honing on the details, the little things, you know, um, I think uh, I had a drop pass earlier in the game. Wish I would have caught that. Um, just little stuff like that to kind of keep the wheels turning rather than having those little stops or those little hiccups, whereas though our offense is an offense that thrives on, you know, moving down the field, you know, scoring points and that kind of thing. So, you know, execute better. You guys were remarkable on offense all year. Josh, as we predicted, became an MVP candidate. I voted for him for Offensive Player of the Year. You became that true number one. Great depth and talent at the receiver position. Now, I know on the heels of Sunday, you're not satisfied. How do you guys get even better, more consistent, more dynamic when you look at offense next year for the Buffalo Bills? I'm all up, man. No lie, I've already thought about us getting together in the offseason. So um, hopefully, uh, how do you get more dynamic and get more more on the same page and more explosive? Uh, you get out of a pandemic or you get you find a way to work around a yeah. COVID. Uh, whereas though you can uh, spend more time because a lot of people don't even think about it. I didn't even spend that much time with Josh going into the season. Like We had like maybe a couple of times working out in the summer. But other than that, we went straight to training camp. We didn't have any OTAs. We didn't have anything like that. So... Um, spending more time with your offense, uh, not only just getting to know them, but uh, honing in on those details, those details that, you know, that didn't work out going into the AFC Championship, we can we can start working on it and tackling it now, whereas though we, when it gets to that point again, hopefully, I'm wishing, but uh, when we get to that point again, we'll, we'll be even killed, we'll be uh, sailing away. I was thinking about this throughout the course of the season, Stefan. You didn't really get to fully experience Bill's Mafia. Yeah, I mean, you got a you had a little taste. You know, you get back from from a flight from you, you from an, the airport. Everyone's going nuts. You know, you could walk in the streets. You know, but everyone's wearing a mask, socially distant. You know, and I, I I read a great article by Sam Borden. You felt like Bill's Mafia was now part of your family. Take mm-hmm. us through how you became part of that family. How you became ingrained in lovely Western New York. And what you're excited for next in terms of that stadium rocking and the full experience of Bill's Mafia? I want to feel the packed stadium. You know, I haven't, uh, I've been in a couple stadiums throughout my career, you know, like Seattle and those big stadiums when it's loud. And the, but I hear great things about Bill's Mafia. You know, I haven't yet to experience that. I had a couple fans in the playoffs and it was loud. Surprisingly, it was, it was super loud. Like, yeah. You would have thought it was, I guess it was only like, 8,000 or 16,000 or something like that. And I'm like, it's, it's, it's real loud for 16,000 people. But I really just want to, um, you know, continue to get to know them. I feel like I fit I fit the Bills Mafia family and, like, people that's in the past that I know, like Sean Merriman and guys like that that's played for um, Buffalo. They they love Buffalo. They say they got some of the best fans ever. And I was like, I wonder, I always wondered, and, uh, what, what, what's the chances I get treated to Buffalo and I get to experience it myself? What's the challenge for the weapons for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going up against these DBs and the defense in general for Kansas City on Super Bowl Sunday? Um, I'm a football guy. I'm a huge football guy because, you know, after we lost or whatever, I had to shift my focus to other things. But I definitely wanted to, you know, at least remember the game that they played early. And I think it was 27 to 24. Mm -hmm. It was 27 to 24. Tyreek Hill had a huge game. He had he had like three huge plays though. One play down the, down the side, I think it was a double move for a touchdown, like a 60 yard touchdown. And then he had like two other plays that they're just huge plays. You know, he's a playmaker. So he makes, he's going to make some plays and he's going to have some success, a lot of success at times, especially in man-to-man coverage. I feel like you, you eliminate 
three of those huge plays and make them not as big of a play. So I think I think on two of them he scored, and it's a different game. You know, 27-24 is pretty close. People think they're going to blow them out of the water, and it, and it could happen. You know, you're back in man-to-man coverage. They beat man-to-man coverage. I don't care who it is. I don't care who they playing against. Um, the combination between Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Tyler Hill, uh, Sammy Watkins, all those guys, um, they're going to beat man-to-man coverage. Somebody's get it open. So um, whatever plan they have to come up with now, um, I think it's going to be a good game, and uh, it's going to be tough. So. I don't know. I, I, I thought about it, though. I'm not going to lie. I thought about that game. All right, so who you picking? Who you picking? That's it. It's every year, though. Yes, it's every year. I, I want to look back and see if I was right these past years. By the uh, way, by the way, we've looked it up. You have never lost on a Shine on Sports Super Bowl prediction. We looked it up. So whoever you pick is going to win the game. Who you got, Stefan? Who that got a pressure on me? Um, who am I picking? I don't know. Like, Patrick Mahomes, it's like – it's tough because I played against Patrick Mahomes twice now. He does some stuff that you just never see. Like, yeah. The stuff that only works on Madden. When I used to play Madden, they used to drop my quarterback 17 yards back and then throw the ball. And it used to work <laughs> with Michael Vick was on the game and stuff like that. But you can do, you can see him doing that in real life. He does it on a consistent basis where you take a routine drop back and he just keeps backing up until he's ready to throw the ball. So uh, I've seen him do some amazing things, but it's, it's hard to go against Tom Brady. So. If he knocks off Tom Brady, he'll, he'll be the new new young great one, but I'm going to go with TB12. All right, so there it is, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Congratulations on winning the Super Bowl. Stephon Diggs joining us today on behalf of the lasting cologne quality scent of new Old Spice Dynasty available at Target, helping give guys the confidence to smell ready for anything. Check out Dynasty and the new campaign for Old Spice's an incredible new cologne on the YouTube channel. Stefan, you're doing great work. Phenomenal job with the Buffalo Bills in your first year. Can't wait for what's next, and we'll talk to you again real soon. See you next year, boss. Thanks. You got it. Stefan Diggs, our guy, superstar from the Buffalo Bills. I'm telling you, it's going to be a lot of special things coming up with Stefan and Josh Allen for the foreseeable future. Head coach of the New Orleans Saints, Sean Payton, nice enough to give us a few minutes. Coach, it's Adam Shine. Welcome back to the show. How are you? Hey, outstanding. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on this morning. It is great to have you on, Coach. And, Sean, do me a favor. Before we start talking about the New Orleans Saints, tell us what you're doing with our good friends over at Zebra Technologies. Yeah, look, this time of the year comes, and we have a partnership Zebra also has a partnership with the NFL. They're the ones that are giving us all the data. You know, when you hear the next-gen stats or the player ran 20 miles an hour, um, the Saints, uh, all of us uh, are involved uh, quite a bit with this technology. And, and we all know we all know that Zebra from any type of purchase we make in a store and they swipe your barcode. Uh, that that's, that's who's doing it. That's Zebra. But they've taken those barcodes and put it in the player's shoulder pads it gives us a lot of information. Uh, it helps. It helps our broadcast partners because there's a there's a creative element to that. But it helps us as teams track players, monitor training camp practices. It also cuts down on, on a lot of busy work relative to a, an opponent because every team has that in-game information. The Super Bowl, each player will be tracked uh, in the stadium. You, you set up basically. It's like an invisible fence. So that. That technology exists with with every one of our games in the NFL this year. Um, they do a great job. They give us they give us plenty of information. Uh, the key for us always is picking out and, and choosing what we want to gain from it. But it, it all started for us uh, helping to reduce soft tissue injury, which is important and that's vital. So listen, I always love listening to you talk about this. It, it's so important for. For a lot of different reasons. Sean, what's what's the latest on, on Drew Brees? I mean, we're waiting for some kind of announcement in terms of his future. Obviously, first ballot Hall of Famer. Obviously, a legendary quarterback. There were a lot of reports that he was going to call it a career. What can you tell us about the latest here on Drew's future? Look, I, I've spoken with him a, a few times by text. Um, you know, he... We, we literally just finished now. We're into our second week. Uh, it, it won't be a long process. I, I think uh, 
Last year was different, you know, and, and that took a while. Um, but I, I think uh, all of us will, will have a, you know, kind of a closure or certainty to, to that decision. He has had an amazing career. Um, we, we obviously have one quarterback returning to Trevor Simeon. We've signed to a futures contract. Uh, Taysom Hill, and then Jameis Winston, who was with us this year, who we had a, a great chance to spend time with, evaluate. Um, he was tremendous just in his role. Uh, you, you learn a lot about somebody. I mean, he's in the division for his first however many seasons, five seasons, and then simply just coming down the road from Florida to New Orleans, he's an entirely different person. Um, I, I think uh, – he made a great impression, not only on our team, but on our staff. Uh, so I feel like uh, that's a that's a, a must for us or a key priority relative to us going forward uh, is 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 signing that player and, and, and then getting him in here and, and having that competition. And, um, and and in the meantime, I think uh, I, I think we'll know we'll know shortly. And um, I think, yeah, I think probably within the next week or two. Now, you referenced Jameis. I, I love that signing when you and Mickey made it. And, and really, Sean, I, I loved it for you. I mean, look, Jameis Winston has an unbelievable arm. He's thrown a lot of touchdowns. I, I was just fascinated by the upside here of what he could bring to the table in your system, how you could help him cut down the interceptions, the turnovers. Take us through what you saw on the practice field and how you think, perhaps, I love the way you described what Jameis brought to the table in terms of work ethic. What could he be? Could he be that starting quarterback for the Saints and really excel in your system next season? He, he, he can be a star. Um, I, I remember, this goes back a minute, but I remember his pro day. As a head coach, you don't get to all of them, but I was <clears throat> literally 12 yards behind the center as close as you could be to him throwing that day where all the scouts backed up and watched him. It was, it was an impressive, uh, it was an impressive workout. His film is on, on tape where you can see big games. You can see the players playing for him. You saw that at Tampa as well. But when you get a chance to bring a player into your building and granted it was just on a one-year deal, he's getting a chance to evaluate us as well um, and evaluate, Hey, how, how does this feel? Um, man, to, to, to be in meetings with Drew, go through maybe a second way. Another NFL team does it just uh, you know, expose yourself to a different way. Um, and at the same time, the thing I would tell you is 24 seven energy, upbeat, uh, smile on his face, uh, just, moving around the building you he he honestly was almost i'd describe him as ferris bueller <laughs> and, and in a in a very positive way yeah um you know regardless you, you might have a a, a halftime deficit fortunately we didn't have many but there he was as your team was coming in the locker room um extremely supportive of drew of Taysom when he was in there, and then those guys with him when he was in there. We, we had a great room, um, and we look forward to, you know, a year ago, it was Drew, it was Taysom, it was Bridgewater. Um, you know, the, the culture and, and, and how we train and how we practice, but also the players that we bring in here are awfully important in developing that, and we don't ever take that for granted. But uh, he, he can be special, and, and that – that's our jobs to make that happen. Coach, tell me about Taysom. And, and truth be told, and, and I, we had Taysom on the show last year at this time, I don't always fully get it. I, I don't. That's When I see him in the game, sometimes I get nervous about, well, is Alvin Kamara going to touch the ball? And, you know, I'd rather have Drew throw it in this situation. Take me through your philosophy when it comes to how you utilize Taysom Hill and does he have starting quarterback potential, or do you view him, coach, in that slash kind of role? No, I, <clears throat> number one, I, I think he has starting quarterback potential. Um, I think early in his career at quarterback, he was defended 
in in a kind of wildcat manner. Uh, and, and that that the easy way to describe that would be the middle safety coming out of the middle of the field and and defending another gap relative to your QB runs. Um, so when that happens and, and, and you're sitting there and I'm looking at Taysom, like when have you ever seen that coverage where there's no middle safety? Uh, man, he, he, he played a lot of valuable downs. We went three and one with him. His game on the road at Atlanta was one of his best exposures. Uh, his third down snaps were outstanding. Um, yeah, I would say this, Ab, there's a power element to what he brings. So, you know, when, when you want to get a gap scheme in the running game, I mean, this is a guy who's 240 pounds that runs as well as he does. And so whether you're in the four minute offense or you're, you're second and three and, and you want to punish the front or dent the front, he's someone that brings that power element to our running game and he's got an exceptional arm. And so even when he, he made his first start, at home in Atlanta, man, early on, he's taken some shots down the field. We complete a long pass uh, that was returned for because of a penalty, mm -hmm. but he's got a tremendous down the field arm. Um, and then the spaghetti sauce, if something breaks down, all of a sudden, you know, he rushes for 60 yards. And when the game's over and you look at your total rushing yards and you rush for 190, you're thinking, how do we rush for 190? Well, here were these three plays. You normally would have rushed for 130, but you got an additional 60 yards uh, from your quarterback. Uh, I love the player. Uh, he's unselfish. Uh, he's a tremendous worker. He has a lot on his plate, obviously. Now, when he was starting at quarterback, we took him off the special teams. But, you know, if there were two of them, one of them would be starting at linebacker. And then one at quarterback. If there was a third, he'd be at strong safety or F tight end. He's that good of an athlete. He's it's and and I think the division probably understands that player more than teams outside the division that haven't seen him on a on a regular basis. Coach, how would you characterize, describe what happened this year with Michael Thomas? I mean. There were injuries. There were discipline issues. You know, one year ago, this is the offensive player of the year. What happened with Michael this season? Real quick, and, and it's a fair question. He got injured in that first game <clears throat> against Tampa, and it was going to take a while to recover. And he was getting close to recovering. There was an incident practice. We addressed it. A lot was made of that as he was getting ready to return. But that, in a nutshell, that was put to bed way prior to the halfway point of the season. And then it all became about him getting healthy and him getting ready to play. He's one of the, he's one of the players I would say I'm close, closer to. I think I have a, a real good relationship with him. And then it was a matter of making this decision late in the year. So he's, he came back. He was not 100%. We were playing, oh, the last third of our schedule, but I felt like, man, if we continue on this track, it's going to be hard for him to, to, to get healthy in time for the playoffs because each week you might have a setback, you know, it's, that takes a while. So he and I met, we met with the trainers, we kind of everyone and, and the agent. And we, we were like, Hey, let's, let's rest this. We're already in the playoffs. We've already run, won the division and, and let's rest this for three weeks and when the postseason starts back up again, um, let's come back uh, uh, a little bit healthier. And so we did that. I'm glad we did that. Um, when he came back, was he 100%? No, but he was further along than he would have been. And, and that was that we were at probably 10 or 11 wins at that time. Um, 10 wins, I think, when we made that decision. Because you're chasing the one seed. And so you're, you've got all hands on deck going after the one seed, and yet, you know, do you want to be healthier possibly at the two or three seed than unhealthy with the higher seed? And, and he's so important to what we do. We felt that was important. Uh, I'm sure it was a frustrating season because that, that was an injury that lingered. And, you know, it went, and when you have something like that, then, then he had a hamstring one week. But relative to – because I've read 
occasionally or seen a report or two that's like, I, I don't have time to, to respond to it. Uh, we're, in, we're in great standing with him. Like he, we have a good line of communication. He's a passionate player. I was just on a show with his uncle, Keyshawn yeah. uh, Johnson. Uh, no, he's, 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 he's someone that's important to what we do. And I, th- I think he feels the same way. Um, he gets on social media sometimes late at night with some other players and, and they go <laughs> at it. And I, I think everyone tries to interpret, but, but he's, he's, he's a, a big part of what we've done and where we're going. You know, Sean, it's interesting. I always refer to you as a future Hall of Famer. Seriously. I, I think what you guys have accomplished in in New Orleans, what, what you built, what Mickey, give Mickey credit, give Drew credit. But what you guys have done, look, I know you wanted more Super Bowls over the last four years. Opportunity this year. And, you know, we know about the Minneapolis miracle and, and the Rams debacle. But, you know, when you think about what you guys have accomplished and how difficult it is, and there's still much more to come down the road, do you reflect in terms of the Hall of Fame or maybe when you see, you know, what Andy's doing and you say, yeah, I should be in that conversation and you're really proud of what, what you've accomplished in, in New Orleans and what you guys have built? Yeah, I, there are times <clears throat> when, and it comes up a lot maybe with the landmark that Drew hits where it, it dawns on, it doesn't seem like 15 years, 14 yeah. But, it, you know, it, it feels like eight or nine. I, I've always said this. It's not until you see each other's children do you realize how much time's passed. And I think that's the case with all of us, right? When we see or work with each other over a long period of time, we don't necessarily see the age because it's, it's been right in front of us. Um, but, yeah, I mean, all of those things, I think, look, we do this for a number of reasons. We, we do this because we're teachers, first and foremost, and the, and the greatest satisfaction comes in making a difference. And I think there's this, um, oh, this fallacy that at this level, you can't change people's lives. And I think you absolutely can. And I think the high school coach is, is the first person or one of many that can, uh, can, can begin or motivate or push an individual. And it might not be a coach. It might be a teacher. It might be a counselor. Um, we're so uh, uh, looking for direction at, at that age, along with our parents. And so my high school coach did that for me. And, and, and there, there's something that's special about that profession uh, in teaching and being able to see uh, or, or it help someone get better at something or have success that's gratifying. And, and, you know, when I started, it was just wanting to coach in the Big Ten I'm from Illinois, and and you never thought about the NFL. I was just thinking about college. So, flash forward here, um, man, it's fun doing this. It's fun because you're around young people. Um, it's competitive. Um, it's the closest place to be outside of playing. And and a lot of times the players will come. Hey, what do you think? And I'm like. Man, if you're asking me, I'm going to play till the wheels fall off and then <laughs> and then get on with your your life's work, whatever that is. And so but all the different players that have come through and, and, and the 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 relationships and the program and the culture we built, um, those those things mean a lot. And they'll probably they'll probably mean a lot more. 10 years or 20 years from now. Um, but, but the feeling on Super Bowl weekend, if you really want to be honest, when you're yeah. not in it, is just that of pure jealousy. You, you know, it's your friends are all at the movie and you're not there. I understand you know, that and get that completely, Coach. Yeah. We appreciate the time as always and keep up the great work and great stuff with our good friends over at Zebra Technologies and appreciate the candid answers as always, Sean. And we'll talk to you again real soon. We appreciate the time. Appreciate you guys a bunch. Thank you. Joining us right now, live and line as promised, friend of the program, one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch after a decorated career in college, had a strong rookie season for the Miami Dolphins. Tua Tungavailoa is nice enough to give us a few minutes live on the line. Tua, welcome back to the show. It's Adam Shine, Shine on Sports. How are you? I'm doing well, Adam. Thank you for having me. 
It is so great to have you back on the show, and you're participating in the Verizon 5G Stadium in Fortnite with fans, other NFL players, gamers on February the 2nd. Fans going to be able to tune in via Twitch and on Twitter at Verizon. Verizon 5G eliminates lag, which is a literal game changer. Speed and low latency are everything when it comes to gaming, as as we all know. Verizon 5G gives the fans the ability to watch the game from seven camera angles. That That's crazy with no lag. With the Verizon 5G Super Stadium in the NFL app. To uh, elaborate on all the above, please, and, and explain to us what you're doing with our great friends over at Verizon. Uh, yeah, so... You know, like you said, um, you know, I, I'm excited to be participating in the Verizon 5G stadium, you know, in Fortnite with fans, as well as other NFL players and gamers uh, on February 2nd. Uh, and, you know, pretty much what you said, fans will be able to tune in via Twitch and on Twitter at Verizon. It's pretty amazing when you stop and think about it. It's going to be awesome. And I thought you really had a, a strong rookie season. Look. It's a normal rookie season. There were ups, there were downs, there were moments where you were great, moments I'm sure you want to have back. You know, we, we live in this world where you expect excellence all the time. That's the way I phrased it on the air. It was kind of a normal rookie season. How would you describe your first season in the NFL? Well, I, I would describe my rookie season, um, you know, as uh, below average you know that that's uh, this past season wasn't up to you know my expectation that I had for myself uh, coming into uh, this past year. Uh, but there were a lot of things that I was able to learn from. Um, you know, just going back and being able to you know kind of look over my rookie year, look uh, look at the defenses I've played against, um, and just look at how different all the schemes are with uh, the defense coordinators in the league. You know, everyone runs multiple things and, um, you know, hopefully this offseason, having this offseason, I'll be able to kind of compartmentalize, you know, everything and be able to take that into this upcoming season and have a much better season uh, this year. Was it dizzying for you? I mean, you know, first of all, remarkable that you played. I mean, I could say that in terms of the hip surgery and the injury. You know, there was a school of thought, all right, put two in bubble wrap wherever he goes and make sure you were ready to go. You checked every box. Your smile there, as I say, that is great. You know, you're, you're playing for a great organization, great head coach, great veteran leader in, in obviously, Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, I don't think people were necessarily expecting you to be inserted into the starting lineup when you were, but I said, listen, it's all all about Tua. When you look back at this season in terms of how it maybe hardened you for the future, what what were some lessons you can take from it that will make you better physically and mentally as a player moving forward? Yeah, I, I think the, the biggest challenge for me this past season was uh, more so the mental part with defenses and then also the mental part, um, you know, on the offense, because it's this is a new thing where I get in the huddle and, and tell the guys, you know, where everyone goes, what the formation is. Uh, whereas in college, we're so used to getting signals. I don't need to tell the receivers what to do. I just got to tell the line, the protection uh, and we go. So being able to, to learn a new system, being able to process things very quickly, and then also uh, trying to be able to process what the other side is doing, uh, pre-snap and post-snap. You were, I thought, excellent against the Kansas City Chiefs this year. You threw for over 300 yards. You threw for a couple of touchdowns. You know, that, that Chiefs defense is, is no joke. You know, obviously the Bucs are going to have their hands full coming up on, on Super Bowl Sunday. What can you tell us about the challenges going up against that Kansas City defense? Yeah, well, I, I, I think they, they, they provide a lot of... <laughs> They provide a lot of matchups that, you know, they, they feel very comfortable with uh, defensively. Um, you know, I, I would say they're very multiple with their blitz packages, and it's not just on third down. You know, when you look at a team, a lot of the times first and second down is very consistent with um, what teams do. And third down becomes 
uh, deal where, you know, they, they scheme up and they plan because they're trying to get off the field. But I mean, these guys, uh, I mean, they, they play really well together as a team, as a unit. And you, you just never know what you're going to get. You could get, you know, an all out blitz, literally the first play of the game. You, you just never know. You just got to be prepared, um, you know, for those packages uh, that they have. How did you deal with the Raider game or compartmentalize it where, you know, you got Pulse and Fitz came in, you win the game. So there's joy, there's jubilation. You're named the starter right after. But, you know, I'm sure as a competitor to it, you, you kind of want to finish the game and, and win it yourself as the quarterback. So how did you compartmentalize and deal with all that? Well, yeah, I definitely think as a competitor, uh, you know, things like that are aren't as easy, um, you know, to to kind of, I guess, go through. But, you know, it, in the heat of the moment, it, you know, it just wasn't working out for me. And, you know, coach did what he thought was best for the team. And it was what was best for the team. You know, I, I think if I didn't have the relationship I, I did with our coaching staff, as well as Fitz, you know, and the guys in our quarterback room, I, I think it might have been a little different. But, you know, Fitz has been a tremendous help to, to all of us in, in, in the quarterback room, as well as in the offensive room. And I mean, it, you know, like I said, that that, too, was a learning process for me, being able to come to the side and then Fitz going in, you know, and he would tell me what to do, but you know, I'd go out there and do something different. And, you know, I, I got to see what, what he was talking about. Are you convinced that Brian Flores and the organization are convinced that you're the guy at quarterback for the Miami Dolphins? In my mind and in my heart, I'd like to hope so. But, you know, for me, with the way things went uh, last year, you know, you, you always got to come out. Uh, wanting to prove yourself to to be better and to to um, you know want to do better. Uh, my job uh, for the organization is to help you know our team win games, and uh, for me that's that's what I got to do a better job with. You know, when I was in, we we lost a couple, um, you know, and so you just got to eliminate those losses and hopefully you know jot them to the other side of the board as wins. How about the Deshaun Watson rumors, Tua? I mean, it's it's pretty omnipresent. You know, I, I love your smile and your laughter as I say that. I'm looking at you on the Zoom here. I mean, listen, you know, when, when I make a list, when I talk about Deshaun Watson, you talk about teams that have picks. You know, we, we talk about Miami, even though I think you should be and will be entrenched. I mean, there are two ways to phrase the conversation, so... Are you aware, obviously, of the rumors? Are you asking the organization, your agent, questions about what's going on? Well, the crazy thing is I never heard about the rumor until my agent reached out to me. Um, I, I'm not one to really you know, listen to the radio or watch uh, ESPN. Uh, really, the only time I, I would watch TV is... You know, to, to watch like the football games um, on Sunday <laughs> and watch teams. Um, but I, I, I don't hear too much of that. So the only time I did hear about, you know, that conversation was uh, from my agent. And, you know, that that's something that that would be out of my control regardless. Um, you know, that that would be on the, you know, the decision of the Miami Dolphins organization. But, you know, I, I got to control what I can control. And, uh, for me, I got to continue to work hard and, uh, you know, be able to prove myself next year. You know, for the record, I believe you that when your agent called you, you, you were kind of in, in the dark. And by the way, you, you have a great agent and you have a great representation. And that's that's what a great agent does. Seriously. I mean, your your group with with Lee and, and Chris and company, they they are fantastic. So I'm curious, what was your reaction when when they called and, and told you that? No, they asked if I heard any rumors. And you said rumors. no. Yeah, I was like, rumors of, of what? And then, you know, they they explained it to me. And I <laughs> I had no idea. So, you know, I, I didn't think too, too much about it. I, I wouldn't be able to control it regardless.
How about the possibility of you and Devontae Smith running it back, teaming up in Miami? I love when he was quoted saying he would love to be in Miami. Now, I know you're not going to try and play GM for the Miami Dolphins, but my goodness, how how special would that be to him? Come on, that that's had to have crossed your mind at some point, right? Uh, definitely. Um, you know, Anytime I'm I, I'm able to be able to reunite with a you know former teammate you know from Alabama I I think that that'd be very special uh, because of the chemistry that we already have um, you know and the impact that I know that they would be able to make uh, helping out our team you know me and me and Devonte you know had a couple conversations uh, in season uh, but that'd be real awesome you know I'd be very excited if uh, you know our organization. Uh, decided to choose him final question for you what was it like playing for Nick Saban oh man I I mean it it's tough but at the same time it, it you reap what what you you, you sow um you know with, with coach Saban he's <laughs> he's definitely someone who expects the best out of people um and he gets the best out of you too um, but just who he is as a person off the field, no one gets that opportunity to see. Um, and he's a very special person off the field, uh, very tenderhearted. Um, you know, he's very caring, very loving as a person. You know, many people don't see that because on the field, he's just yelling at people. <laughs> but he's a very, very good person. He is. And I, you could tell that's pouring through right now. Before we let you go, tell everyone once again what you're doing with our good friends over at Verizon. Uh, yeah, so, um, you know, I'll be participating in the Verizon 5G Stadium in Fortnite uh, with fans and other NFL players and gamers on February 2nd. And fans will be able to tune in via Twitch and on Twitter at Verizon. Uh, but thank you guys for the opportunity uh, for having me on the show today. Tua, you're the best, man. I appreciate the, the time, appreciate the stories, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thanks, Adam. You got it. Tua Tagovailoa, of course, the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. Thank you for listening to the Adam Shine Podcast. Wow. Tua Tagovailoa, Sean Payton, Stephon Diggs, amazing. Bob Stew, amazing. Make sure you download, you listen, you rate, you review. Listen, we love you. You love the Adam Shine Podcast. There is a lot of love going on. Listen on the SiriusXM app, on Pandora iTunes, Stitcher. Thanks for listening wherever you've been listening to the Adam Shine Podcast. Enjoy Super Bowl Sunday. We'll talk to you next week on the Adam Shine Podcast. This is the Adam Shine Podcast. For more from Adam Shine, listen to Shine on Sports on Mad Dog Sports Radio, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.